Amen. Hallelujah. I want to appreciate uh, Pastor Sola for this great opportunity. And I want to appreciate you all for coming for this um, hell talk. Amen. Let me apologize before I start, in case I start to talk too fast, or you don't hear me. But I pray the Holy Spirit will let us know and get that which he has for us this evening, this uh, morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Going to the introduction, I asked a question there that has to do with uh, does mental health matters in the kingdom of God? Now, most times when you talk about mental health, people think it is when you remove your clothes and run in the streets or when you pick food in the dustbin that makes uh, mental health to matter. But mental health is an emotional term that affects behavior of a person and social well-being. Really speaking, those with mental health problems tend to turn to the church. They tend to turn to the church. Why? Because they feel in their hopelessness and in their troubled mind, probably when they hear messages, they get encouraged. And so most times, those who have mental health problems even come to the church more than those with physical problems. Because if they have physical illness, they feel they can go to the hospital and get treatment. But with mental health problems, they come to this place. To be mentally sound is to be sane, to be normal, to be stable, to be healthy, to be in one's right mind, to be coherent. Please, can you go to the next slide? So that others can see. To be oriented and to be balanced. A mentally sound individual is someone who doesn't have any screws loosed. In other words, they are free of mental illness. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to First Peter chapter five, verse seven. First Peter chapter five, verse seven. says, casting all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. Amen. From New Living Translation, I say, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give all your worries, whatever it is that is troubling your mind. Give it all to God. Spirit-controlled thinking leads to mental freedom. While sinful thoughts, we cage you. We hold you bound. Now, if you're talking about mental health, it has to do with the body, the soul, and the mind. It is not separated. Everything is to be talked together. Now, um, coming to the word about uh, global... Okay. Next slide, please.
Let me just continue till they come on board. Uh, global burden of mental health disorder with uh, an update from 2017-2018 by WHO. It's a 970 million people are living with mental health disorders as of that time, which has to do with 4% of the population. Now, that is the statistics they have because most people with mental illness will never go to the hospital. Most of them will either be taken to traditionalists, to the church for deliverance, and probably they will hide till they die. But this is just the statistics they have. And then, the thing about mental health disorder is that it doesn't define the entire person. There's a possibility that the person might not do other things that others can do, may not be able to do it normally. But when it comes to strength and uh, competence, you can find them there. For example, uh, let's say a patient who was brought to the hospital uh, said to be abusing substance, probably uh, cannabis or cocaine. Now, at that point in time, the cannabis or the cocaine might have a little distortion to the way the brain functions. But believe you me, those people can be very smart. Now, to you, there are some abnormal displays that that person might show. But naturally, that person can be very smart. So talking about mental health, it doesn't just define the entire person. 20 to 30% of Nigerian population of over 200 million people are believed to suffer from mental instability. Depression and anxiety are the ones leading. Now, you know the state we are in this country. Tomorrow we are hearing a bomb blast, next tomorrow bandits, the other time kidnapping. And so depression, anxiety, you are scared. What will happen next? Will it be your neighbor? Will it come to your step? Nigeria is the eighth country among the highest 10. Now when you count 10, Nigeria is the eighth. That is leading to have people living with mental health disorders. Unfortunately, 80% of Nigerian population with mental health disorders cannot assess professional help. And even the children are suffering because only 25% of them can get. Why? Because um, not having mental health policy in Nigeria is um, making mental health to be treated as, uh, how would I put it, as a taboo. So there is severe human rights violation, there is stigma, there is discrimination, which makes the accessibility futile. Amen. Now, coming to definition, mental illness is defined by dictionary as main disease of the mind. Now, it's also called mental health disorder because it affects one's mood, thinking, and behavior. Uh, we have examples of depression, anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, eating disorders, addictive behavior. Now, when you're talking about mental illness, it houses everything about the person. You are sick in your physical body. The mind is sick. The behavior is sick. That is what mental illness is all about. Uh, mental health is not just simply the absence of diagnosable mental health problems. It's okay, this one is not running mad, so I'm sure this person is mentally healthy. It is not until you see someone running in the streets before you know the person has mental health problem. Someone can be sitting down and one worry or the other, or probably the person has grieved overboard. That person can be having mental health problem. So mental health 
is not just simply the absence of diagnosable mental health problems, it is a state of balance between the individual and the surrounding world, or a state of harmony between oneself and others, a coexistence between the realities of self, that of other people, and the environment. That is mental health for you. It is a condition of being sound mentally, emotionally, and can adjust adequately. So mental health on its own is that you can cooperate with everything around you and then know that, yes, you are mentally healthy. Amen. Times, uh, we have times and classifications of mental disorders. I will just list them out. I'm not go deep into it. We have mood disorders where you can find depression. We have uh, anxiety disorders where you find um, obsessive compulsive disorder. We have the phobias. We have uh, an eating disorders. Uh, this particular one has to do with uh, some people who feel they are too fat. And so they start to work on themselves and even go overboard. There's anorexia nervosa, or those who, will I call them uh, glutons? You know, we have some of them that go to ceremonies. They will want to eat everything that is prepared. They are always with laxative. So that after eating, they purge themselves. Because they are scared that uh, calories might occupy their body. So that's bulimia. We have the trauma-related disorders. These ones are the PTSDs, post-traumatic stress disorders. Uh, it has to do with um, when someone is exposed to a particular trauma, for example, accident or rape. Uh, when once in a while they remember what happened, it has a way of triggering some negativities to the body. So that's also a type of mental health disorders. We have the impulse control disorders. We have the psychotic disorders, which are one of the major types of disorders. Our personality disorders is actually the one I want to dwell on a little. Personality is the psychological and social qualities that makes up a person. That is who you are, your personality. It is what makes you distinct from the other. This is who you are. This is what the other person is. Now we have like four major, and each of these ones has its own uh, differentiated ones, but I'll just talk on these four. Narcissistic personality disorder. Now, this particular part of people, they are so self-centered. So self-centered. In fact, they feel they are more than others. Wherever they are, they want to just show that they are the ones in front. That's narcissistic disorder. They can step on you to climb up and they leave you there. In fact, they make sure you don't come to them. That's narcissistic. Then coming to borderline, these ones are impulsive. They are unstable. They have mood swings. Today they are laughing. Tomorrow or in the next few minutes, their behavior have changed. But funny enough, they have this fear of being alone. So despite their behavior, they always want to be among people. And we have the avoidant uh, personality disorder. These ones are sensitive to rejection and criticism. 
right, these type of people that even if they have idea in the class, they will never say anything because they will feel if I say something, probably they will not like what I said. So even if they have the right answer, they will never say anything. They avoid interpersonal contacts. They avoid new activities. They can be very shy and feel inferior to others. That is another personality. Then we have the last, the dependent personality disorder. Now these ones feel excessively dependent on others. They can cling on anyone. Most times this happens in relationships. You see um, a man who has proposed to a woman to get married to. Anytime she visits, he will either beat her or psychologically abuse her. Yet, she will never leave that relationship. There is something wrong somewhere. Because no matter how much you advise her, she will tell you, no, he's the best man for me. Now, even if you ask her to work on the relationship, it's as if you are finding, you are trying to fight against her relationship. So that dependent uh, personality disorder is also a type that makes someone feel low self-confident. You feel, I'm not sure I am worthy of this person. The person is beating you, the person is maltreating you, but you still cling to that person, despite that. And lastly, uh, a type of uh, mental disorder is addiction and substance abuse. Most times when we have headache, we self-medicate ourselves. Or when we are in pain, we self-medicate ourselves. You know, the abuse of tramadol, pentazosin has become the order of the day. Some say, oh, I have pain, so I have to just treat myself. Now, the constant use of that will make you to be tolerant. Now, when you are tolerant to a particular thing, it means it can no longer do the particular work it is assigned to do. And so people get addicted to it and before you know anything, they cannot do without it. We have general signs and symptoms, feeling sad and down, excessive fear, withdrawal from friends, uh, inability to cope with problems, and lastly, suicidal thinking. Those ones, I'll just list them out. Risk factors. For someone to be prone or fall into mental illness, we have the personal history of mental illness. Probably it's in the father, so it will be found in the children. Or probably in the fourth generation back, someone had mental illness. Now coming to the one, two, three of the generations, nobody showed it until it fell into another fourth generation. So you can find mental illness there. Stressful life situations, most of us with financial problems, we tend to worry a lot. We think a lot, and most times uh, fall into hypertension. That can also make you a risk. That is also a risk factor for you to have mental illness. A chronic medical condition, for example, diabetes, HIV, at the long run, the end point of that is mental illness and lastly, death. We have a brain damage, which has to do with um, accidents or. Um, this particular illness that has to do with small babies who are giving birth with anomalies, hydrocephalus. We have traumatic experiences. We have childhood history of abuse and neglect. And most of them, when they grow up, they tend to have mental illness. Most people with few friends or few healthy relationships 
are also prone to mental illness. And if the person had a previous mental illness, the person can also have mental illness later on. Complication, I just listed them out. Uh, we have family conflicts, there's relationship difficulties, there's social isolation, there's suicidal tendencies or attempts. The person might want to take his life or even attempt to do it. There is uh, problems at work, there is poverty, and there is homelessness. Those are the few I can mention. The others are listed there. Uh, talking about men's, um, mental... Being mentally sound. You are with someone who has mental, uh, who is mentally unstable. Probably the person cries too much. The person worries too much. The person is withdrawn. Someone you know that is very jovial. All of a sudden, the person starts to withdraw to self. Now, I least said here that this is how you can manage, you can live, you can cope with such a person. Now, we are in a jet world, a digital period where your phones can browse you can look for one information or the other now number one you have to be informed ask the internet what is mental illness try to know or you ask question why can someone be withdrawn in fact you must not be specific just ask a random question and believe me you will get answers so be informed for you to be able to cope with such people watch shows, attend conferences, and training sections. Two, develop a helpful approach towards a person's suffering. It's not easy to manage a mentally uh, unhealthy person, to be frank, even as a nurse. But you as a relative, you have to develop a helpful approach to be able to manage such a person. Show them that you can put yourself in their shoes and tell them you know that it is not their fault. Some of them, when they do something, congratulate them so that they will feel, okay, my self-esteem has been boosted up. Three, say what you think positively. Don't always condemn them. Good communication is a powerful tool to be able to work with these people. So communicate with them. And then some of them, even in their depressive state, they will refuse to seek professional help. Now, if you are around those kind of people and you notice they consume alcohol a lot, you notice they have trouble sleeping or eating, they appear far away, they are disconnected. They have uh, changes in their mood, increased sensitivity, nervousness. Try and recommend them to see professional help. That is how you can live with them. You can also help out so that they don't get deep into it because a time will come a mentally ill patient, if it's not early detected, may never come out of it, except by the mercy of God. Amen. For sound mental health, I listed there that I should connect with people. Um, I'm one example, I'm a loner, and someone who is always isolated. But I try my best, thank God for the work of nursing, to interact with others. 
So as a person, connect with other people. That will help you for sound mental health. Be physically active. Learn new skills. There, there is a lot of DIYs on the YouTube. Learn new skills so that it will improve your mental well-being. Give to others. Many of us are very stingy. You are stingy with your money, you are stingy with your time, you are stingy with everything. Learn to give. Let's say, for example, um, the sanctuary cleaners are cleaning the church. It is true you are not one of them. Make yourself available. It will help you interact. It's a way of socializing. Pay attention to the present moment. Your thoughts, your feelings. Probably you're someone who is not um, one to think of uh, immoral things. And all of a sudden, some things just keep cropping up in your mind. Now you need to pay attention to it. So that you don't get deep into it. And then make yourself aware of the present of the presence so that you don't allow yourself to go deep and then become mentally unstable. How to live in a state of sound mental health? Value yourself. Most of us have low self-esteem. Value yourself. If you don't treat yourself with kindness and respect, no one will. Take care of your body. Surround yourself with good people. Don't say the people around me are those who I cannot do without them, but you know their character is not really making you feel good or it's not talking well about you. Surround yourself with good people. Give yourself. Learn how to deal with stress. Like it or not, stress is part of life. Now, if you allow it to overwhelm you, you will go down. Learn to deal with it. Quiet your mind. Try and meditate once in a while. Ruminate of all things that probably you have thought of or things that you know are not good. Pray to God for mercy. Meditate on the word of God. So try and quiet your mind. Set realistic goals. Break up the monotony. Avoid alcohol and other drinks. Get help when you need. A problem that you speak out uh, is how solved. How do you even put it? When you share it with somebody, it's how soft. Though you be careful the person you're sharing it with. Because the person might just, you know, spread it the way you don't want it. So try to get help. It is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. How to have a sound mind when you think you are losing it. We are all human beings. And once in a while, we might want to... Let's open our book to Bible to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. How to have a sound mind when you think you are losing it. 2 Timothy 1 7 said, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power love and of sound mind. Matthew 6, 34 said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Matthew 6, 34. 
Don't worry about tomorrow for it to take care of itself. So number one here, I said, examine your heart. The battle may begin and end in the mind, but the war takes place in the heart. What does your heart accommodate? What are your thoughts? Examine your heart. Proverbs 4.26 says, consider well. Sorry, Proverbs 4.26. Can we open there? Proverbs 4.26. Yes, if you have amplified. Proverbs 4.26. Yes, amplified this. Proverbs 4.26 from Amplified. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established and ordered aright. Amen. Examine your heart. Consider well the path of your feet. You have to know what is captivating your mind and walk on it. Secondly, as I seek his face, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and lean not on any shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Seek his face. Are you not sure of what to think about in certain circumstances of your life? You don't know what to do? Do you spend far too much, uh, too long time mulling over the madness that's going on in your heart? Seek the face of God. You have to seek his face. And you know that he that created you is willing to give you the answer you need. The Bible is a complete book. Seek the face of God. Adjust your attitude. Most people have attitudinal problem. And then you say, that is the way I am made of. You have to adjust your attitude. Because if you don't, it will either chase people away, or it will make you romance in the way you are. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man seeketh, so is he. Adjust your attitude. Don't say, I am the type that uh, gets angry easily. Adjust it. I get irritated easily. Adjust it. So that you can socialize well with others. Embrace intentionality. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are the workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before hand that we should walk in them. Things don't just happen by themselves. We are either allowed to happen or we don't. So embrace intentionality. Don't say, I don't know how this happened. Walk back to yourself and ask, how did it start? Look out for mind minds. Look out for mind minds. Obstacles are waiting to come out. It's a landmass are uh, used by cowards. 
No, they conceal it in the ground. They will not be able to come by themselves to face you and fight in the battle. And so if you walk on those concealed mines, it will either kill the person or destroy a part of the person's body. Now, there are mines in your heart that are waiting to come out. You need to look for it. You need to look for it so that you don't allow it to come out and then work against you. Henry Ford said, obstacles are those frightful things you see when you take your eyes off your goal. The moment you shift from God, something come up. So look for those minds that will be an obstacle for you in the future. Is it lost? What do you lost about? Do you have problem with food? Do you have problem with uh, memories of painful past that keeps lingering? Those are minds. And if you don't push them away, it will work against you. Uh, steps to take. Develop a plan. If you are going to win a war, you have to be prepared. So develop a plan on how to work on yourself. To filter your thoughts. As an individual, filter your thoughts. Mind what you think. There are three distinct domains that we are attacked with. The enemy, the world, and our flesh. Filter your thoughts. We are in a world where covetousness is the order of the day. You want to join them to have the latest things, the latest whatever, filter your thoughts. Or you want to belong, filter your thoughts. Create a whatever list. What is that thing that makes you happy? Think about it. Get a list of it and work on it. Target your prayers. When you come to the presence of God, tell God, I am a sinner and I have come short of his glory. Tell him what you want to talk to him about. Lord, I have thought about this. Have mercy on me. Or if you cannot remember, ask the Holy Spirit to search you through. So target your prayers. Don't just say, God, have mercy on me. You must be specific what exactly you want God to work on you for. So target your prayers. Just do it. So when you become a Christian, you become a prince and a princess. So put on your crown and get busy becoming who you are created to be. Don't de- let the devil make you feel as if um, you cannot fulfill your purpose. Because a woman and a man of a sound mind, a woman and a man of a sound mind uh, has a faithful heart. Amen. Sorry, there's a typographical error there. Okay. So these are the steps you do to help you have a sound mind when you think you are losing it. Powers of thought. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, verse 7a. There is a great power in positive thinking. Uh, Numbers chapter 13 talks about uh, the 12 spies that were sent by Moses. 10 saw giants, but Caleb and Joshua saw great opportunities. I just tried to say that if God had seen the earth being full of, uh, I think the earth didn't have form and it was void, he wouldn't have created the heavens and the earth. 
So what are you going through? Does it seem as if there is no way? Is it the doctor's report? Is it the debt you're owing? Is it satanic oppression? Unanswered prayers may also be what you are experiencing, but God's word is truth. You have to keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking according to his will. And in due time, God will answer you. If you do not see me, your miracles in your mind, it will not materialize in the physical. Don't negate your prayers with wrong words. Remember that God's power of creativity is in you. Whatever has happened to you in the past has passed. Learn from it and move on, but don't let it define you. Always avoid needless comparisons. You are unique. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't compare yourself with others. Be the custom officer of your mind. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That is 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 5. Above all, let Philippians 4, 8 be your watchword. Please open your Bible to Philippians 4, 8. If you have King James, we are working on that. Even if it's in your phone. Philippians 4, 8. Above all, let Philippians 4, 8 be your watchword. Always, as you think good thoughts, always in Jesus' name. So Philippians 4, 8, if you have King James. Okay. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to personalize it. Everybody is going to read it. Philippians 4, 8. Now where there's brethren, you put your name. Hallelujah. One, two, go. Finally, Priscilla, whatever things are true, Whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think. Hallelujah. So this is my advice that no matter what you are going through, let Philippians 4, 8 be your watchword. Amen. Thank you for listening. Praise the Lord. Let's put our hands together. So we, we will take questions for her, then she can respond so that we'll wrap up this session. Um, how many of us actually enjoy the teaching? or understood the teaching. All right. Thank you. So if you have questions, then we can ask. I'll start. I have some questions here. Then as you ask the question, he, she'll write them down, then she can respond. Maybe i allow you to ask first, then i ask my own later. So if you have questions, raise up your hand. i bring the microphone to you. You will ask, and uh, she will respond. If you are raising up your hand, raise it very well so that I can identify you. Thank you, Bro Israel, uh, Boye. All right. So, one, two, three. Praise the Lord. 
I want to understand, does this uh, personality, you talked about personality disorder, does it relate with other types of disorder and affect the physical well-being of the body? Like, can it cause an illness in your body that you may not be able to see, but you know that maybe you're sick inside? Praise God. Um, my question is in basically it's just for me. Um, I notice sometimes I don't know what to do. Like when you wake up in the morning, you find out that you just wake up sad and worried. And sometimes the advice that you must always pray. But sometimes I just believe that there's some exercise you have to do within yourself that you need to work on and to clear yourself off whatever is disturbing you. So I'm not really sure of that exercise. Sometimes me, I wake up and I get too sad. I just remain in my room. I don't even come out at all till maybe later in the evening. Something could happen and then maybe I'll go and play ball or I'll go for a gym and then I'm a little bit off. But that time, I don't know what am I, to, what am I supposed to do within a short period that will make me pick up on time. And again, I don't know how wrong is this. Um, I'm the kind of person that sometimes I get, uh, I get angry, I get angry easily. So the way I control myself is I try to minimize the way I uh, um, communicate with people because I notice that some people that they have different mindset that they just want to, as if they just want, they woke up that day to just come and annoy you, just like that. And I don't know, I mean, I just kept myself that sometimes I, I try my best to actually communicate with people, make friends, but sometimes it doesn't really work. And they, when they offend me, I get really angry. And that keeps me aside. So I don't know, for me, what I do is I just keep quiet. I hardly communicate with people. I just, once in a while, I just talk to people and I be in my room all through. My mate has even complained about it that why is I always in the room all through? So I don't know if that one is wrong because I'm trying to protect my reaction or whatever to keep malice. I don't want to keep any malice or anything. So I don't know, is that, is that wrong or what am I supposed to do? Because it's hard actually to be communicating and then keep that. Yes, amen. And Israel, uh, my question is, um, how do you manage a situation where you are not actually, you know you are not worried about something, but you're actually worried? You, if they ask you, are you depressed? The answer is no, because you have no idea what's happening to you. But you are going slim, you are irritated, you don't even know what to do, you are no, no longer motivated. You, and it, it happens to Christians. It, it really happens to Christians. Reason is because uh, many a times you just have to just keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. And then you don't just know what is happening to you. You are not thinking. At some point, um, it happened to me some time ago, and I was going very slim. Not slim, I, I became half of my size. And my mom was like, Israel, you are thinking. I said, I am not thinking. I don't have anything to worry about. 
I have graduated. Everything is working fine. Everything is okay. But everything was not actually working fine. My subconscious mind was doing the depressed, the depressed, was in the depression stage. It's actually my subconscious that was in the depression state. But me, I could not come to the reality that something was happening inside. How do we manage it when we don't know that we are actually thinking? We don't even know something is wrong with us, but we are seeing the side effects. My question starts with uh, one. Thank you very much for the um, talk. I, I enjoy every bit of it. Yeah. I hope to get the slides, and then I hope it is recorded. Because when I put it on my WhatsApp status, a lot of people from outside of Zaria said, we want to be part of it. How do we make it live? I said, well, we will try and make it. We record it so that we can pass it across to them. But the one that touched me most is a friend. She's a married woman. And at almost 11 yesterday, she sent me a chat. I had slept. It was when I woke up, I saw it. And she said, I'm going through serious mental state that has led to high blood pressure. And I want to be part of this program. I hope it's recorded so that she can be of benefit, can be of benefit to her. I want to start with OCD. A lot of us may just be hearing OCD. I want to explain to you what an OCD is. And I want her to talk more about OCD. Because OCD are people we call perfectionists. And they don't know that it's a state of mental disorder. Uh, I've been privileged to have people around me, friends, blood sisters, who have dealt with OCD at a point. And I want you to talk a little about OCD. Because I used to remember back in the days, uh, if I enter my sister's room, I'm her immediate younger brother, and uh, if I mistakenly enter with slippers, my sister is more concerned about her rock, and she will shout on me, get up, I just cleaned this place, John, 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 John. You know, she wasn't married then, I wasn't married, and I would tell her sister, if you are going to have a husband, and you will have children, you, will, you have to stop this thing, it will not work. Because even me as your brother like this, honestly, if they dash me, they give you to me, I don't want. How can your rock be more important to you than my, me like this? You know, and, and uh, thank God she's married, she has children, you know, and uh, she's no more like that. But I've seen people with OCD. Um, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. They just think that they like neat environment until chair is more important to them than the person sitting on it. They just think they like things to be in order until they can fight anybody and do anything just for things to be the way they want it. And the truth is that they don't know that it is not normal. I have been there before, so I also understand. So I wanted to talk a little about uh, OCD. Um, number two, how do we help people with past abuse or people who are victims of abuse? Somehow I was speaking with a friend this morning, he's a, he's a brother, and we, he mentioned a case, not because of this topic, but discussion just got there, of a sister who they were mentoring with his wife. And this sister was abused by a pastor. And I said to her, I said to him, the worst part of it is that even people, and she was living with the pastor, 
And anytime she tried to run away, because she, she works, she's a nurse now, because the man was missing her, maybe the way he talks about her, the wife of the pastor doesn't know what is happening. She calls for this girl. This girl comes again to stay in their house. Then she goes out, not because she want, she knew anything was happening. Okay, I'm going to the market or I'm going somewhere. After all, social person is in the house. And the abuse continues. And I told the brother, the worst part of abuse is that sometimes even the, the person that has been abused can be desiring her abuser. I don't know if you have seen people who are in a relationship and the guy doesn't treat them well. You try to help them and then you become the enemy because they keep returning. How do you help people like that? I have a case at hand, and that's why I'm asking. I, I haven't been involved deeply because, honestly, I don't know what to do. The, the third one is, what is the best form of diagnosis for mental health issue? Um, like I have said, I, I became an advocate of this because, of course, I've also been at the verge of depression before. I've had people who suffer it, and people don't even know. Again, because of our society, we don't recognize it. I know you have mentioned the fact that there should be a national policy on mental health so that people will not be stigmatized. But what's the best form of diagnosis? The most recent case was uh, Naomi Osaka, the lady that plays uh, tennis alongside Venus Serena. She was supposed to play in, is it Wimbledon or French Open? I mean, no, French Open, right? Wimbledon, recent, the recent one about two weeks ago. And she said she has a problem because we are not all the same. She can't face the press. You know, if you are a world-class champion like her, all the international press, you will have to grant interview. And she has this problem because she's a Japanese, and she's a Japanese that had a trace of a black blood. Naomi Osaka, you can read about her. And because of that, I don't know whether that's the reason, but she has a personal fear of facing the press. So each time she has to face the press, when she gets back, it's done on her. It causes depression for her. So she said, because she doesn't want to face the press, she will play the game, but she will not grant press interview. They said, okay, we'll fine you $15,000 for not, because it's part of the deal. When you play the game, you must face the press. But eventually she said, look, it's not even worth it. My mental health is most important. I'm not going to play the game, and I'm not going to grant press interview. So I withdraw. And then it became an, an international issue in the media for the past, like, for about two weeks, thereabout, they were discussing it. It also shows how far we are removed from the issue of mental health. When somebody who is shy, for instance, is recognized publicly without his consent, we don't know what it does to them. So what is the best form of diagnosis for mental health issues? From, ranging from the least to the worst of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh. Um, let me start with your question. That has to do with personality disorders. You said um, how you can relate it with other mental health disorders and then how it can cause unseen ailments. That's what it asks, right? Praise the Lord. And I mentioned um, four types of um, personality disorders. Now, I say personality is our makeup. That is the way we are created. Uh, it is when we go overboard 
that it now becomes a problem. Uh, let me see which of them I will use as, um, as an example. Borderline. Borderline personality disorder. Now these people are impulsive. They have unstable self-image. Uh, self they have intense relationship. They have mood swings. And they have suicidal behavior. Above all, they have this fear of being alone. Now, if you want to relate it to other mental health disorders, there is this major uh, type of uh, mental health disorder. I think that is psychotic disorders. Now, this particular person is impulsive. He's unstable. Now, when you talk about impulse, have you noticed some people that if they want to say something, they just say it. They don't care if you are angry or not. If they just want to do something, they just do it. Now, that kind of attitude will gather a lot of things around that person. Because one, it might make you not to have friends, to chase people away. And you will feel, mm, I don't care after all, that is who I am. Or knowing to you, people are leaving you and things are running away from you. Uh, you might not see it as anything, but it's already building something up. And if care is not taken, the person will end up having suicidal thoughts. Because the person will feel, uh, what is happening? Why are people going away from me? The person might not have any physical illness. But see, that will lead the person to do something negative or against himself. I don't know if I'm answering what your, your question is. And the person might not see, the illness might not be seen, but it's within. Because to you, you feel, this is who I am. And so I don't care if others would like to accept me the way I am. And when you come to schizophrenic patients, there is hallucination. What the person think or see, you might not see. What the person is deluded about, this is who I am, is false. Uh, this personality, because the person is just who he is, unfortunately, there may not be any mental illness in that person's family background. But because of the person's personality, it keeps building up. It keeps building up, and the person might end up with mental illness. So personality disorders are disorders if they go overboard of your makeup. I think that's the little I can give to that. Amen. Uh, second person say what to do when you wake up sad. Hallelujah. Apart from hormonal imbalance, um, will I say what happened before you slept? I don't know if I should put it that way. Because once in a while in everyone's life, you wake up as if from the left side of your bed or from the wrong side. And if it becomes consistent, that is when you have to ask questions. Because depression does not just start like that. You know, it starts by making you feel down, making you feel sad, you know, as if everything around you is just not working. If it's just to wake up once in a while, and then you don't feel like doing anything. That is just um, part of life. But when it becomes consistent, then probably you have to work on yourself. And if you are the type that has, um, there's another personality called schizoid personality. 
Now, in this personality, you're not the type that relates with others, though you try your best to have friends around. But you're not the type, you are a loner. You're someone who can take care of yourself by yourself. Now, having too much people around you uh, makes you feel uh, maybe they are a nuisance. Now, in that aspect, I would say, if it's consistent, probably you seek psychological help. Not psychiatrist, psychologist. There are two different things. Uh, going to psychiatrist, you have gone, I don't know, that one, there is this need for diagnosis. So you go to see a psychologist. Because I may not know how to really put it down to how you understand. Then anger management. Hmm. I used to be very angry before. If I made me, I don't even fight with ladies. I used to fight with men. Yes. But with time, you know, I had to work on myself. Everything depends on determination. Because uh, at boss is not good. Now, you might be the type that if someone angers you, you don't retaliate. You just keep piling up. Piling up. And they'll say, this one, even if you anger her, she will not retaliate. Not knowing the person is just, you know, keeping it until the day it will just bust up. Now, anger management depends on you. Now, I have to work on myself. I'm trying to use myself as an example. I have to work on myself. Though once in a while I get angry, but I have to work on the way I get angry. Because if you get angry at every little thing, you yourself, your mental health will be distorted. So in times of anger management, I would say you start by determining to stop getting angry. You can read books. Then go to God. Ask God for mercy. Because you also need him to help you work on your anger. And that's literally I can give there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, lack of motivation. Okay, you say you are worried, but you're not worried, Abby. Hmm. Well, that is the way mental illness, now um, all I put is mental instability. You know, um, when I say lack of motivation, you know you're worried, you're not worried, but you are worried somehow. Ah. Praise the Lord. Though I don't really understand. Is it that you wake up and you feel, uh, how would I put it? Once in a while, it's as if something is wrong somewhere, but you feel there's nothing wrong. I don't know, is that what you mean? In some conscious, something is wrong. Something is wrong. It's almost like there is no proof that something is wrong. Mentally. But inside, you are worried and you don't really know. It's, it's almost like, I don't know if, um, it's almost like you are just worried. But you cannot put your hands on why you are actually worried. What the matter was and all that. And you have tried to analyze it. There is actually nothing wrong in your analysis. You should not be worried. But you are just worried. Praise the Lord. Hmm. 
surprised a huge question. I don't know where to start from in that aspect. <laughs> Can anybody help us praise the Lord? Okay, please give her the microphone. <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, what he said, I think I should relate it to when a woman is seeing a period. It's, it's like an hormonal thing. You can't really pinpoint what is wrong, but you're not just happy. I don't know if it happens to men, if there's an hormonal imbalance that occurs in their body that makes them so uncomfortable, so touchy, and you're like, what is really wrong? I can't really pinpoint anything. I'm not worried, but something is wrong. Something is, that you can't really, you are comfortable, you have money, everything is just comfortable for you, you are graded and it's like, I don't know if I should relate it to Omon or, but I think for women, I think it's hormonal thing, you just see yourself, so it tells you that, okay, something is happening, something is happening, and a few days time, you see your period, so I don't know if it's relating to men that way. He has, he wants to say something. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so, to me, what I can view for it, sometimes some things also, uh, will I say beyond physical, it can be spiritual, maybe just in within, just as we know that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So there are some things that once you know that you yourself, you are or you cannot really figure on that thing that is disturbing you or what is the problem. I think the best thing is just either to sing praises or go to God. For God, that is the spirit that can search the hidden or the secret thing to be able to review and settle the situation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like, mine is a Christian. You said? Mine is a Christian. Mine is a Christian. Why? Okay, question. Yes. Okay. Um, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, mine is maybe if you, you something just happened and all your body just died off, like your body begins to shake. Or maybe you hear something and your body begins to shake and uh, you begin to cry yourself. Maybe cry is, you cry is just happened. And, and maybe part of it then you start throwing up. So I don't know, is that related to mental disorder? And Maybe part of it, maybe you just think, think about something and or maybe somebody just told you something and your body begins to shake. You can't control yourself. Or maybe in times of anger, like you, or maybe you are fearful, something, you're fearing about something, like what he was asking, fear about something and you just feel like you're feared about something. You're fearing on something that you just think you are not okay, and suddenly 
your body begins to shake because of that thing. And maybe your leg itself begins to hurt. Everything. Then you just feel like you want to collapse. Like my elder sister, if she's angry, she begins to, like, she begins to, her, her, her breath begins to cease. Cease. I understand your question. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's, we- sometimes, I, 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 I get scared when I see her that, that way. Um, so I don't know. Is it resulting of anger or mental disorder? Or sometimes, yes, ma. I think better way I could express myself is this. Amen. Thank you. Yes, I, I, as he was asking the question, I think the scripture you read was what kept coming to my mind. First Peter 5, 7. In NLT, he said, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about what happens to you. I think oftentimes they're not, we, we deal with issues by repressing them, not necessarily dealing with them. We repress them to the subconscious where they are not on the surface, but somehow they disturb us. And I, I have had at least two encounters with people that have similar issues. One guy I met some years ago, he doesn't like ladies for any reason. He talks against them on his Facebook page and uh, he made a post that people started commenting. I just felt that something was off. He would, the way he would talk, you know that he doesn't like ladies. Any, once you're a female gender. So I requested for his phone number and then he sent it, so I called him. I think we spoke for almost 27 minutes. I kept trying to find out what exactly it was. So for us to spend 27 minutes before he remembers, it tells you how far he has repressed the experience. When he was about the age of 10, they sent him, and this has to require a lot of digging before we go there. They sent him, and on his way back to the streets, some boys were chasing a guy who attempted to rape a lady. And as soon as he showed up on the street, they said, this is him, this is him. He didn't know what was happening. And they beat him to a pop. You know the kind of beating that was left to the dead? That was the beating he received for what he knew nothing about, that he attempted to rape a lady at the age of 10. By this time we are speaking, he was getting to 30. So it has happened, I think it was about, it was close to 30. So it had happened for over two decades, almost two decades ago. He didn't remember, but he just knew that he doesn't like ladies because an experience had made him to come to that point. Another lady was in a relationship that eventually did not work, but she loved the girl. And she was just growing lean, and she wouldn't know what exactly it was until we began to look into the issue. So I think sometimes we believers, we live in denial. That's what I think is a major issue. Instead of us to confront issues, you know, we, we use Christian language to cover it all, and you are worried, but you say, all is well with me. Well, God give me grace. If it's not well with me, me, I will say it to. I will say it when I can get help. I will say it to people I can get help from. And until I get help, I will keep saying it. Because that, what's the point? If I'm deceiving myself, then that's the worst kind of deception. So I think that we repress issues, thinking that we can manage it. And those issues will be dealing with us. Why we should speak up? We need help. I love this girl and she has left me. It's paining me. Let people know. If they can pray to bring her back, if you need to cry, cry. Oh, Father, bring back this sister. 
Well, I know, I know men used to feel like that when they don't have money. And they have everything, but they don't have money that they can use to behave like men. They will be pretending that everything is okay, but you know, it's not okay. So I think we need to confront issues. Like she started by saying, believers, we need professionals to help us. When we need help, please, let's speak out. Let's speak out, and until we find help, let's keep speaking out. Don't care who is talking about you. Don't care who is carrying your matter everywhere. What you are looking for is help, and until you get the help, please don't keep your mouth shut. Hallelujah. Uh, even though my, my time is up, I guess, but let me just briefly answer OCD. That's obsessive compulsive disorders that you talked about. Um, you mentioned... Um, they are the perfectionist. That's also a type of personality disorder. If I come to your, the question you asked. Uh, most of them have these um, feelings of repetitive and uh, ritualistic behaviors. There are some individuals that before they leave their house, they can go back like 10 times to check if they put off the stove, if the door is locked, if they left the window open. Now, those are continuous and compulsive uh, uh, attitudes. While some of them, with their obsession, they feel everyone they touch is dirty. Now, within this period of COVID, I used to have a doctor who, if she sees a patient, she needs sanitizer. Before she sees a patient, now it is actually good. But when it becomes too much, it becomes something you do repetitively, it becomes bad. Because if you're in the midst of people, and anyone that touches you, you will get irritated or you, you know, push yourself out. Or if you feel everybody around you has one jam or the other, or you feel you are the only good person, or probably in a group of people, you are 10, you part to do a presentation. Now you feel everybody's contribution is not good. You want to be the one to start and then finish. Then probably after compiling, you want to know who to give each topic to. That's also a problem. That's obsessive compulsive disorder. It's actually a disorder. And it's a diagnosis on its own that needs to be worked upon. Um, you talked about the athletes. Now, coming to that, that social anxiety. Some people just have that. They, will I put it, uh, I wouldn't say they are shy. I would say they have this fear. They're embarrassed of strangers. You know, they have this timidity that if I stand and speak, I might not say the right thing. Or, yeah, how would I put it? They tremble, they sweat, there's breathlessness. So to avoid that, like she tried to do, she tried to avoid the people. Now, those people have this phobia for open space and crowd. You know, they can't just stand them. They can do their normal thing in the midst of people, but to stand and face them is very difficult. So I would say her diagnosis is social anxiety. And she would definitely need a psychiatrist to work on her. Though it's a mild disorder. So both psychiatrists and psychologists will have to work with her. Then um, your, the question you asked is also an anxiety. Basically phobia. Though I don't know, fear of the unknown can be very uh, taunting. It can really torment lives. There was a time that um, I live in Shika opposite the hospital, it came to a time that any small sound I hear, I get very scared. Because I will not know whether it's a bandit or insurgents or kidnappers. So every little thing just uh, triggers fear. 
But when it becomes excessive, you talk about breathlessness. You talk about um, shaking of the body. Now, that person needs to go and see a doctor, a professional help. Let's be realistic with that. That person needs a professional help because some phobias can lead to death. You are running from something you're not supposed to run from and then entering into another wrong one. So that person needs to go see, seek professional help because phobia and anxiety, they are the leading um, anxiety and depression. They are the leading cause of mental illness almost in the whole wide world. China is leading as number one. They are the most depressed country in the whole world. China. We are number eight and we pray we will go down from even though we don't have our basic statistics. So that person needs professional help. And uh, I think the last one, managing a patient with past abuse or rape. Well, all in all, the person will need counseling. And above all, mm, the best is psychologist. The person will work on the person. There's something we call the um, desensitization and operant, um, operant conditioning. Okay, like in the case of uh, people that are in combat, once in a while you show them films that have to do with such as fighting. Now, it's just to help them uh, watch it so that you're able to overcome it. Or uh, there's, there are some people that don't like cats. When they see cats, in fact, they can break their legs where they are running. Uh, if you want to walk on them, once in a while you give them cats. They will be scared for a while, and before anything, they overcome it. So managing people with past abuse, they need a lot of counseling, and above all, they need God. Praise the Lord. Sorry, ma. Oh, okay. Thank you for the teaching, ma. Sorry, ma. I just have a question. Okay. Uh, when you worry so much about your loved ones than you worry about yourself, as far when they tell you something is happening to them, you would have gone overboard before you even later realize that it's as if you're not supposed to react like this. I just want to know if it's a normal attitude or is also psychological. As an excessive worry of your loved ones, yeah, you even are so, more than yourself. Exactly, you are so worried about them, and you would have gone overboard at uh, chastising them about what they did. Then later, you are like, it's as if you are not supposed to be this worried. And even then, they will be like, Am I not the one that is telling you this? You are not supposed to be this worried. Praise the Lord. How? Uh, is that your question? Yeah, that's your question. Okay. Um, how will I put it? That's uh, a type of anxiety when you get worried. It is natural that we worry about our loved ones. Uh, but when it becomes excessive, it becomes something that makes you anxious. And excessive worriness and, um, will I say, worriness and sadness won't really take you to a good path. Because if you are anxious for things that are not even supposed to be there, probably you are where you are and there's a bomb blast in Paladin. And you know your family, people are around that place. And then you start to panic. I hope this has not touched them. 
I hope none of them has been affected, whereas nothing has happened to them. Uh, that excessive worthiness, and you, you're asking how to manage it all. Yes, it is. It is a mental health problem. Uh, I could remember then, you know, when we were growing up then, you know, when they are like, oh, this is your parents' stuff. You know, kids that will play, so they say, this is your parents' stuff, and they'll come and scatter it, you know, those kind of... So I noticed, so I was, I was just trying to trace it, but because I like to link up things. So I was just trying to trace it, but that was ex why I even asked the question that. I was trying to trace it back, that why am I so worried about this thing? Then I noticed then that I usually get extremely angry when they say, okay, this is your parenting, these are my parenting, and they come and scatter your own parenting. So I just want to trace it back and know if it's actually something to worry about or it's just a normal thing. Praise the Lord. Worrying is part of life. It's only when it becomes excessive. It's only when it becomes excessive. Now, you're worried about your people is good. Though, taking it back to how you grew up, you know, I made mention of um, how a child grew up either in neglect or, I don't know, the upbringing. I wouldn't want to go there. It's this psychosocial way that one grows up. Now, mingling with friends and things like that. That may not really be but with excessive worriness if you don't curb it it might go beyond it because when you become worry excessively worried you become anxious anxiety is a diagnosis on its own though it's a mild diagnosis but when it goes off it becomes a disorder praise the lord uh diagnosis for mental health disorders I actually listed them, though I didn't go too deep into it. I think it was listed out. I didn't go too deep into it. There's a major, there's a minor, and each one has its own characteristics, its own symptoms and signs. It's a huge topic. <laughs> Thank you. Let's put our hands together for our sister. Um, thank you very much, Ma. We truly appreciate you for this time you have spent to speak to us. I am trusting God that this word will not be in vain and we will pay more attention to our mental health. Um, can you help me project Philippians chapter 4, verse 6? I want to read from Amplify. It says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Another version says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be worried, NLT says, about anything. So over the scriptures, you see God talking about the state of our mind. He's interested in it. He's interested in it. In, in the workers' meeting, we've been teaching about healing. And we mentioned how that people can be sick in the mind. And when you are sick in the mind, it can affect you in the body. So uh, our sister's number will be available or contact later. Uh, so if you need to speak with her or you need to reach out to her, we will make it uh, available. So we want to thank you. We are going to go on a short break. But before then, we're going to pray for her. So we'll go on a short break, like five minutes. Our second speaker is around. And this time around, we are going to be talking about nutrition, dieting, and all that has to do with what we put in to our mouth. 
uh, a lot of us don't know that we are the one killing ourselves by the kind of things that we eat. Uh, so, uh, but before we go, I want us to pray for our sister that the Lord will increase her. This is a ministry on its own. I mean, it's a ministry on its own. A lot of us don't know how many Christians use the cover of Christianity to hide their mental illness. God has called professionals like this to come into the field and begin to, 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 to sensitize people and to help them to go through issues of their life. So let's pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord will increase her, the Lord will bless her, the Lord will cause her to prosper in the ministry she has been called into. It's like Heavenly Father, we pray for your daughter. We ask to God. She has watered us. Ask that the Lord will water her also. Ask that the Lord will grant her her heart desires. Whatever it is, the Lord will meet her at the center of her need. Whatever, whatever it is she's asking God for, ask that God will come through for her in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Heavenly Father, we ask that you come through for your daughter and Lord, you cause your face to shine upon her and Lord, you bless her and enlarge her coast and amplify her voice. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Gracious Father, we thank you for our sister Priscilla. We thank you for the word she has spoken to us. We ask that you will water this word in our heart. And as many that are battling one, with one area or the other in their life, with worry, personality disorder, whatever it may be, let the healing power of God come upon them right now in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, for her as she leaves this place, Lord. You will be with her. You will strengthen her. You cause, cause her to prosper in what you have sent her. You grant her her desire and meet her at the very point of her need. Thank you, gracious Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you. We love you. We ask that the Lord will bless and increase you in Jesus' name. Now, uh, the five minutes break is not for us to go to the hostel. If we just relax ourselves, stretch ourselves, you want to ease yourself, you do that. We will finish in a short while, and then you'll be able to go back to the hostel. So, just five minutes, stretch yourself. Thank you.